Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 39. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's, the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts for many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow, until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at the very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak to him to all who were waiting for the redemption of, of Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good afternoon and Merry Christmas, friends. Good afternoon. Thank you, Steve. We're here, right? Good afternoon, everyone. We're all awake. I'm going to invite you to take a few moments uh, to turn to those seated around you and to share these words. May the peace of Christ be with you. So take some a few moments to do that here. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, y'all are the faithful remnant uh, who are here. And for those of you online, you're also part of the faithful remnant. Um, so glad and privileged to be sharing with you all this afternoon. What a beautiful white Christmas we had yesterday. And then this morning, frigid. Holy smokes, that was cold. I was walking the dog and it was just... So... Uh, but it was nice and beautiful to see that snow. Uh, will you join me in prayer? Living God, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus. And we pray that we would encounter him today as we hear from your word. And as we sing these carols and worship you, may we be drawn closer to you. We pray these things in Jesus' strong name. Amen. So typically, as we come to the last week of the year, we take some time to reflect. We want to look back on 
all the different goings-on and things that have happened. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, as I was trying to reflect, I could only get to the summer. It's like I, I can't even remember what happened before the summer because it's been that long of a year. So here are just a few things. For me, uh, I've had some new babies born to some of my friends and family. Some friends have gotten engaged in some weddings. Summer trips and camping to the island. Two brutal heat domes. Devastating flooding that has impacted family and friends. This ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Crazy amounts of polarization. A movement called hashtag birds aren't real. <laughs> Trips canceled, plan changes all the time, conflict, cancer diagnoses, job changes and losses, lost loved ones, burnout, anxiety, and tiredness. Oh, so much tiredness. What a difficult six months we've had. And this is the reality of the world that we have lived in and woken up to today. And perhaps we all have an ever-increasing awareness of the suffering, both here and all over the world. I heard it put like this the other day. It feels like everything is on fire. It feels like everything is on fire. And today we have a story of two prophets who are living patiently in a world full of suffering. Their world, like ours, is full of injustice, sickness, and fear. It's a world on fire. And the story we read is about two prophets who are looking for something or someone. They're waiting for something or someone. They want a revelation. They want deliverance. They want the light to overcome the darkness. And so for today, we're going to talk about prophets, patience, the promise, and peace. I know I changed it up. I went with four, okay? Prophets, patience, the promise, and peace. So let's start with prophets. The story we read in Luke 2 has two main characters, two prophets, Simeon and Anna. Well, what do we know about them? We know they were both old in age, and yet they hadn't lost hope in seeing God move and work in their lives. Anna is a woman who lost her husband after seven years of marriage and is now 84 years old. And yet she hasn't let this grief overcome her faith. I can say without a doubt her faith is greater than mine. No other details are mentioned to, to us about her life, but what a witness. We read that she was constant in her prayers and worship. We don't know how old Simeon is, but we get the sense that he is getting up there in age, for he is ready to be dismissed, or in other words, ready to die. Both of these individuals were devout in their, in their faith. They were committed to praying, worshiping, and following the commandments. And like the prophets in the Old Testament, Simeon and Anna have a word to share with those around them about who God is what God has done, and what God is going to do. You may remember the prophets in the Old Testament were constantly sharing with the Israelites about Yahweh and about his righteousness and justice and his love. And the prophets were constantly calling the Israelites back, back to right faith, 
back to right relationship, back to following Yahweh's, Yahweh's way. And then we don't hear from the prophets for a long time. God seems to be silent in the midst of a suffering world. And then we read that Simeon and Anna have a word from the Holy Spirit about God's salvation. And they share the good and mysterious news of this plan to Mary and Joseph, to the listeners that day, and to all of us who read this text. An old man and old woman to share the message of salvation for us. Two prophets gifted to us to share about God with us. Two prophets. Second point is patience. In Galatians 5, we read that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. Patience. Let's be real. We thought we learned patience when we were little kids, right? And you had the presents, and you had to wait till Christmas Day. Who woke up at 4 a.m. because I'm going to get my presents? Or maybe you slept in because you're like, I'm over. I don't need to wake up. Uh, We were just with uh, our nieces this past week, and we gave them their presents, and it was like, Boom! Immediately unwrapped, just paper flying everywhere. It was great. It was beautiful. Patience. Some of us are getting a little bit older. Getting our, we're thinking about getting our driver's license. So we got to get our L and then our N. And then we kind of move up slowly, right? Or maybe you're thinking about buying a car so you make a plan. Or maybe you're thinking about buying a house. Now we're talking. So you make a plan. And then you remember that you live in the lower mainland. And so you won't be buying a house until you're close to retirement. Just mess. I'm just kidding, but you see where I'm going. I gotta bring up one more example. COVID comes along, and you're like, I can wait. I can wait. And now we find ourselves at the end of this year, and we're still waiting for this pandemic to end. And it's like, what in the world? Patience, a fruit of the Spirit, a grace given to us. Simeon and Anna display this so well for us. Patiently waiting in a world full of suffering. Patiently expecting that God will move and work. Being faithful in what they can. And they have cultivated this patience. They have cultivated patience in their lives through their own fasting, through their praying, through their worship and daily habits. And we're called to do the same, friends. I think of the song 40 by U2. The lyric goes, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined and heard my cry. He lifts me out of the pits, out of the miry clay. How long to sing this song? How long? We're all waiting. Some of us seem to be naturally good at waiting. But let me tell you that patience is a fruit that we can all grow through the choices that we make, the way we live our lives, through our prayers and our work patterns. We can grow our patience. We live in a time where speed and efficiency is a top three value. And it makes a lot of sense. The more you can get done, the quicker, all the better it can be. But what happens when God calls us to be patient? What happens to us when we're called to go slow? Because our patience is is ultimately a demonstration of our trust in God. 
It's an implication of our belief that God somehow holds all this together. God is in control. God is in control, holding all things together. How are you waiting for God to move and work in your life? Are you patiently waiting? Because thirdly, the promise that we all have is that God will. Maybe not on our timeline, but God will reveal himself and save. It's this revelation that Simeon and Anna patiently waited for and witnessed. It's this promise that grounds all our faith. God entered the world at a particular time and place in the person of Jesus Christ to save the world. So the revelation of Jesus Christ as the Son of God in the flesh in human history is the promise which grounds all our faith and hope. And through this promise, God has now revealed himself and he's shown us salvation in a person. Simeon quotes Isaiah when he says, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The promise is that God who is enfleshed in this 30-day-old baby at the temple in Luke 2 is the salvation for the world. In him, salvation is found for everyone. There is hope for everyone. But this promise of salvation also comes with the hard word. In verses 34 and 35, Simeon tells Mary that Jesus is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. This fall, I've been listening to a podcast called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill by Mike Cosper and Christianity Today. I'm not sure if you've had the chance uh, to, to listen to it. Uh, it's a fascinating listen, and I would highly recommend it if you get the chance. But it's, it's a hard listen, and it's thought-provoking. And this podcast just shares some of the story of Mars Hill Church in Seattle, and it touches on some of the broader issues that are going on in evangelicalism, particularly for the U.S. But I just want to touch on the title, Rise and Fall. Verses falling and rising. You see, friends, the promise of Jesus is not that we rise first, but that we have fallen first. And that, in fact, it is in falling that we can then rise. It is in our confession of being a sinner that is saved by grace that God saves and lifts us. That is, in fact, how we rise. It is in our weaknesses that He is made strong is when we're approaching death that we're closer to glory than ever before. The human story is that we first rise and then fall. Empires rise and fall. Careers rise and fall. Companies rise and fall. Athletic careers come and go. As one sports commentator shared, Father Time is undefeated. Even for the old guys still playing. But the living God's plan, the good news, is that what is sown in weakness is raised in glory. That which is sown in weakness is raised in glory. When we humble ourselves, God will raise us up. This is the promise of God to us 
This is what the living God did in Jesus as he took on flesh and became a baby. Brian Zand, a pastor and theologian, shares this about Christ's coming, which I believe is so good for today. He says this, The incarnation is the best intervention that saves the world. When everything is on fire, my greatest comfort is the assurance that the world will be saved. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. That's the promise, as it says in 2 Corinthians For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. The world has been saved by the intervention of God in Jesus. And the world will be saved by the intervention of God in the future as Jesus comes again. The promise for today and every day going forward is that Jesus will cause the falling and the rising of many. But when we fall, when we humble ourselves, we have the promise of grace, salvation, and the great mystery and glory of being raised with Christ. It's not the way the world works, but it's the way God works. The promise of salvation is for everyone who humbles themselves and trusts in Jesus. It's a light for the Gentiles, and glory for the Jews. It's a real hope that we can ground ourselves in each and every day. And it's a real hope for us, even when everything is on fire. And it's in this promise that we can finally have peace. Peace. It's a word that may feel so far off for so many of you today. We share the peace of Christ with one another, but it's a brief moment. And then it's gone, it feels like. The revelation of God's light and salvation to Simeon leaves him at peace. It is well with his, it is well with his soul, so he is able to go away in peace. But in our day, anxiety is what haunts us. In a book by Kara Powell and Brad Griffin, they share that in a youth group of 20 students in the US, they would anticipate that somewhere in the neighborhood of seven of them would be suffering from anxiety and depression. Or put another way, they gathered that up to half of the young adults, ages 18 to 24 in the, U- in the US again, suffered from diagnosable anxiety and depression during the pandemic. And I'm sure that if we took some time today to stop and share with those seated around us or to call a friend, we would find a lot of things that are causing us angst. It's the reason why I sometimes don't sleep well. It's why some of us are moving at 100 miles an hour. But there is a grace given to us, friends, and that's peace. Shalom in Jesus. I don't want to minimize the real difficulty and hardship that anxiety causes. But we must always remember the peace that comes from God. And it's built up through prayer and by intentionally going slower and taking time to rest. There is peace offered to us all. There is a peace to be given to each person. It's why the 14th century mystic Julian of Norwich can share It is true that sin is the cause of all this pain. 
But all will be well, and all will be well, and all manner of things will be well. Because God has come in the person of Jesus Christ and given us his peace. The peace that Simeon and Anna experienced that day is a gift for each of us. My sister and brother-in-law a couple weeks ago had uh, baby Anna. I don't have a picture or else I'd blow it up here for you all to see. Uh, baby Anna is, is a beautiful gift to them and to the world. Uh, and Zooming or FaceTiming with them, it has been a beautiful picture of the joy and peace that a baby can bring to a family. And to think that on that day, Mary and Joseph experienced that peace and that joy, and Simeon and Anna, the same. And that is the gift for each of us, friends, in this Christmas season, the joy and peace of Jesus. And so my prayer for you, friends, in this season is this, that we would prophetically and patiently live each and every day. That as the Archbishop Desmond Tutu shared, we would be able to hope and see that there is light despite all the darkness and that our faith would be grounded and renewed in the promise of Jesus. May you know his peace that comes in trusting in his light and in his goodness and love. Blessings. You've been listening to the First Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. For more sermons and information about our church's services and programs, please visit firstbc.org.